Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and this is our recap episode of week 16 in the 22-23 season, the last one before the international break for World Cup, of course. And here are today's topics. Manchester City shocked at home by Brentford, losing 2-1 behind two Ivan Tony goals. Arsenal will be top of the table at Christmas, extending their lead to five points after beating Wolves 2-0. Newcastle edge out Chelsea 1-0, and the Magpies now sit third in the Premier League. Tottenham come from behind three times to beat Leeds 4-3. Alejandro Garnacho rescues all three points for Manchester United as they beat Fulham 2-1. And Darwin Nunez scores two as Liverpool beat Southampton 3-1. All that and more in today's episode. Okay, my friend, let's uh, kick off the final podcast of this year, of 2022 season, before we go to that World Cup break and all the festivities start this time next week, my friend. It, it all kicks off. It's amazing, mm. isn't it? It's, it's creeped, up, creeped up on us. Um, which time just to uh, tip our hat to, to the Premier League and, and, and the players, and we wish them all you know, health and fitness and mm. success and you know, many players going off for, for many different countries the cosmopolitan um, way that the Premier League has built up now. Um, let's start at Manchester City, my friend, at the Etihad, because we got a, a rare day. We got a Manchester City defeat. And usually on Manchester City defeats, Rob, when, I, when I've seen them, I've generally said, well, they played well, they've had good possession, but he didn't score that. I didn't think they particularly mm-hmm. played well. They had the possession, but I didn't think they particularly played well um, at the weekend. It, I mean, the first half... For sure it wasn't. And, and then, you know, they couldn't get the, the, the goal that would have got them ahead, having gone 1-0 down, Foden with an equaliser. And in fairness, I thought Brentford were, were worthy of their win, worthy of the points. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked a few times, Rob, leading up to the World Cup about, yeah. you know, I think we've all had actually slightly different opinions on, yeah. is this going to affect some of the players yeah. going into the tournament? It's the last weekend. Are they going to be thinking about, Wow, like World Cups next, literally like next weekend where it starts. Um, And I think for the most part, I I think it's tough to say that of a lot of the Premier League games this weekend, Rob, some brilliant games of football again. But I got to say, this Man City performance was one of the worst Mm. I've seen for for, for many, many seasons, I think, almost. I mean, like just a a super slow start, never got into the rhythm, never played with any intensity, thought it was going to be an automatic win. Complacent, casual. Never seen Kevin De Bruyne kind of frustrated on on his crosses that wasn't kind yeah. of right. Um, Erden Haaland looked particularly frustrated. I thought Rob in yeah. the game as well. And of course they had the possession, but Brentford, who were totally up for it, um, well organised as they always are, um, and working very very hard, just absolutely deserved to win it. Could have been more goals during the game. Tony could have got more goals after yeah. he scored his second and the winning goal in the match. But but in Man City's uh, point of view, I mean, it's almost Rob like they 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 thought oh, we'll get it in the second half of the season. Mm. Like we're just going to try and coast this one a little bit. We always come on strong in the last quarter. I think they they always seem to win every blimming game in the last like I don't know fifteen games or so. So maybe they think they're going to do that again. But this was definitely you know isn't many times Rob we come on this podcast and say Man City poor yeah, didn't like, play well did they really really yeah. poor. No, no I, I, I totally agree. Um, Holland's a bit out of sorts. He, 
there was a couple of times the ball coming in. It was just like he, he mistimed his jump. Or something. It, was, it was like jumping for the ball, missing it and falling down. And Foden's, I thought, decision-making mm-hmm. was pretty poor until, until he gets to the goal. As you say, KDB was not quite on it. There's no intensity. No. Luke to Robin, and I, and I don't necessarily, you know, you know, we've had our feelings on World Cup and preparation and mentality and what what that might, might mean. I'm not sure you can totally say it was because the World Cup's coming next week and people were cautious. Ten of the starting eleven players for Man City are going to the World Cup, but it looked like yeah. one of those games, Rob, where City just wanted to get it out of the way. Like, oh, let's just get through this, mm. and then and then we'll, 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 we'll you know worry about it when we get back. Yeah, the contrast to Brentford was they looked delighted to be playing for it. They looked delighted to be up for the game. They looked delighted to be trying to grab three points and win, I think, for the first time in how many years at the Etihad. And um, I just thought it, it was, you know, I think we might have said on, on the podcast when we were talking about Adam Tony before, you know, you've got to think where Brentford are and where they've come from. And, you know, they've only been in the Premier League two, two seasons now since they've come up. And, you know, they've had... Many years down the lower ends of English football, trying to get out to the Premier League, and every game still is important to them. And 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 mm. I thought their appetite, mm. their drive, and and, and their mm. will to to win um, was it was a great reflection on Thomas Frank. And and, and I'm, the the more I, I see and hear of Thomas Frank, the more I love this guy. I think I think he's a he's a top class, and and not, no disrespect to Brentford, but I think he's a top class. Operator, I think he's he's a clever coach. I think he understands tactically with his team, and um, I just thought the combination of him, his team, and the hunger of Brentford sort of stood out against the City team that looked for, for which is, is a rarity. Like they just wanted to get this one out of the way. There's a there's a lovely balance about this Brentford team, Rob, mm. and I, and I'm I'm talking more about. Not so much about attacking and defence is what we usually talk about, and there's a few games that we'll talk about it in this podcast, yeah. but just in terms of technicality and physicality. Such a physical, mm. strong team, but also can play, and they will play when given the opportunity, and they can soak up pressure and play on the counter-attack. I thought in terms of special mentions, Robert, I know there's a few styles and mm. stuff, and we'll get on to Ivan Tony in a second. Um, Rico Henry, yeah. left wing back, left-footed, English, he can feel a little, a little disappointed that he didn't make the England squad because, given the injuries to Ben Chilwell, you know we know there's going to be Luke Shaw probably on the left hand side and maybe Trippier that might have to play over there. Rico Henry, Rob, must have been close. And I know it, it kind of this game was the Ivan Tony game really yeah. against City, yeah. but maybe he was making a little statement as well. Rico Henry, Rob, with with his performance, I think he assisted at least one of the goals where he springs yeah. up that left hand side. Great ball into the centre for the big man to finish off. Um, I thought Rico Henry and others. I mean, we've yeah. praised different parts of this team. The midfield yeah. we, we've always enjoyed in terms of work ethic and, you know, a bit of everything in terms of those midfield players. They're fit, big and physical at the back. But Rico Henry, he's not big. He's a small yeah. fullback. But what a good player and what good pace he's got and what a good left foot he's got. You know, maybe not now with a national yeah. team, but, you know, going forward, given the, the kind of lack of depth in that position for England, yeah. you know, he should be knocking on the door. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, I remember uh, Tariq Mitchell of Crystal Palace got got a, a run out mm, in, in an yeah. England game, and you're kind yeah. of thinking, hmm, consistency-wise, Henry has uh, is certainly on par with, with Mitchell, and, and as you say, he, he was outstanding. So it's a really yeah. good call, you know. And Bomo mm. still brings mm. that physicality. We see that you know the silver yeah. subs that come on can affect the game. He's got a way of doing that. Thomas Frank he affects the game. 
with his subs and with his setup and, and the way he plays. Um, and we've got to talk to uh, uh, you know the story of the weekend and one one of the, the, the big stories that came out was Ivan Tony. A couple of days um, yeah. before the game, he was told that he wouldn't be part of the England squad. Uh, it's flying out to Qatar um, probably tomorrow or Tuesday. That um, he was going to miss out. That Callum Wilson was the chosen one and to be the sort of backup mm. striker to Harry Kane. And I think there was all eyes on on, on uh, Tony in terms of how it would affect him. You know, what kind of mentality, what kind of mindset would he have? Well, he, I thought he, his performance, his poise, his kind of, you know, doing what he can to show the the, the manager that he'd made a poor. Uh, the England manager that he made a poor decision in, in, in his opinion. The goals, the performance, the just the kind of will and drive w- is a great recognition for him, a great recognition for the club. I thought Thomas Frank hand- handled it perfectly, took him to the fans at the end of the mm. game, Rob, to, so he was getting applause and all mm. that. And there's not many days that yeah. a, a striker is going to outshine Erling Haaland. Well, uh, Ivan Tony was the best mm. striker on the pitch at the weekend. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and, it, and it just goes to his professionalism. You know, what a, what a pro. I mean, that must be devastating. It must be devastating to, yeah. to know you're absolutely in the mix. And by the way, for the record, I think I said it in a few shows ago, I thought I would have picked him. Yeah. Callum Wilson, yeah. he's got a, I mean, he has timed it. I mean, incredibly well, Callum Wilson. He hasn't, he hasn't been fit for many weeks no. before. You know, he's, we've got so many injury issues. His form is great. The team's going great. He's scoring goals. I mean, it, and I get it from England manager, of course. He's been there before. Tony's kind of new to the whole setup. But in terms of earning of England call-up, um, and I've got to say, penalties. Yeah. Penalties. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's superb. I mean, he's one of the best around yeah, to, now, taking penalties. And I know it's... But, you know, yeah, and there isn't that many games. And some of these, these, these you know, the squad players are probably not going to get many minutes. Yeah. But I tell you what, I'd have him on the last minute of a game if it's going to go to penalty kick, just for the penalty kick. And it, and it seems a, a tiny detail, but, you know, we're flipping England fans, mate. We've yeah, seen them it tiny so details many times before where we, the years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel for him, but I thought he was, he, he deserves special mention because, um, yeah, he got overlooked for England, which is, it must be devastating. Well, to the point, and, and, and I'm going to go for my underappreciated performer of the week. I'm going to give it to Ivan Tony, mate. I just felt with all right, that yeah. had happened with um, the disappointment, with the way that he could have reacted, could have been very different, could have been sulky, could have been not really at it, could you know, realise mm. it's a big opportunity mm. in, in his football career. Mm. But he, he did it in the perfect way. He was so disappointed at the end, you could tell that he had a chance for the hat-trick, didn't he? And then it was uh, De Bruyne actually kicked the ball off, yeah. off the line as it, as it was going towards yeah. goal. Um, yeah. A hat-trick would have been a statement. And I just got the, the feeling that, you know what, as well, he, he can sit back and maybe get a bit of winter sun now for, for a week or two, and he can sit back and reflect and say, he did everything he could, Rob. And, you know, listen, who knows between now and the tournament mm. if something happened. He'd yeah. be the first, he'd be on speed yeah. dial if Gareth Southgate asked to phone somebody just because yeah. of that performance and the personality, yeah. I think, that, that, that shone through. Mm. Yeah, well said. And, and, and you, 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 listen, you never know. You never know. Yeah. They've still got a week's training to go. I think he can make changes of injuries of right up to the, just a few days before yeah. the tournament starts. So you're right. Well, what a way to, to stick it in the manager's mm. mind. Like if anything happens, he's the first to get a call up. So it's a good shout for underappreciated. Gareth Southgate, I guess, underappreciates him a little bit in terms of this England squad. Um, and, I, and I think in general, you know, in terms of what he's done, 
Just wow. with that, that Rob, is, can I, I just wanted to, I, there was something yeah. that, that kind of, I was reading a little bit about, obviously, him being in there and that. And he was, in, he was in the last squad, wasn't he? He was called in and it was quite big news that it was his first call mm. up and he went. And if you remember, Rob, during the time, he trained but didn't get any match time. And it was kind of one of them. I, it, it, I scratched my head a little mm. bit as if to say, well, if you're going to call him in, haven't you got to have a look at him in match fitness? Or, Rob, and this was the other thing I was thinking, was there something Gallus maybe saw in training? Was there something he saw that didn't quite fit and decided? Because... It, it doesn't seem quite right to me that to go out on a limb to pick him, but don't get, get that chance to see him in match action with the three lines playing with the other players. Do you know what I mean? It, it just feels a bit off. Well, I think there's two things, Rob. I think the first part is maybe watching a week full of training. Yeah. He thought maybe he's a little short at that level. Mm. And the second mm. thing is it was a recent it was a recent call up, Rob. Yeah. And if you're you know, I still feel like this World Cup's come so quick, you've got to get your team a little bit grooved. you got to get... I, I think you've got to play your starting players. Mm. And I don't think, you know... I mean, that being said, like, give, give him give him just a few minutes at the yeah. end for his cap and all yeah. that in the yeah. last 10, 15 minutes. But mm. I kind of get it that with Gareth Southgate, this was recent camps, like, right, this is probably going to be our team. Let's start getting a little bit grooved, ready for the first game of the tournament. So maybe that, maybe the training... You know, maybe he just wants to see him part of the squad to get him used to it, kind of in terms of appreciation for it. Um, yeah, it is a shame. It's mm. a shame, but um, I, yeah, he keeps he keeps playing like that. He'll get he'll get other chances. Yeah. Okay, my friend, let's move it on to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Mm. Lopetegui was uh, there was pictures of him at, at the stadium. He met some of the staff, met some of the players. Got a sense that he maybe had an influence over the um, the way they set up. They went with the sort of three-five-two system. Three centre-backs, um, wing-backs, three in midfield and two uh, forward players at the top end of the pitch, um, which wasn't how, how Wolves had played under Steve Davis. So maybe there was a bit of influence from the new manager coming in. Um, I thought for a while they did reasonably well, made it a little bit difficult for an Arsenal team that weren't as slick. The football wasn't as great as, as it was against Chelsea the, the last weekend. But um, held out till half-time and then after the second half, uh, Odegaard comes up with the two goals. You know, Arsenal just go up a, a gear or two just to show the quality, and they get the win. Wolves obviously in a bit of trouble now, uh, sit bottom of the table. Um, is this just one of them? It was important to grind, Rob. It was important to win. It was important to get a five-point gap at the top of the table as we go into the break. Uh, are you been are you been a little bit hard there on Arsenal's performance being a bit of a grind? I- um, I thought I didn't think it goals, was slick. I didn't think it was. I, thought, a, I didn't think it was a slick football. I didn't think it was a Chelsea performance where I thought they were excellent with a one 0 win. I thought they played mm. worse in a two 0 win against Wolves than they did in a one 0 win against Chelsea. That that would be my point. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just I looked at the two goals and how they were crafted mm. and created. And Arsenal are as good as anybody right now. Of 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 creative slick football in open play against a team that's in its in its blocks and it's yeah. like it's sat back yeah both goals were, were zip past it in behind cross goals i just thought i just think that the creativity they've got rob around the box is really good really special mm. today was a and we often say this you know it was an odegaard game yeah. odegaard stepped yeah. up scores the goals you know in the second half he was brilliant in the game other games have been martinelli mm. other games have been bakaro saka 
I mean, you've got um, Granit Xhaka that stepped up. Jesus is doing great stuff in other ways, not scoring goals, but still working his socks off. I mean, just the, the, the more I'm seeing Arsenal, I just, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying mm. the balance. I think you said, Rob, that this is probably the most balanced side at, yeah. at the moment there is in terms of defence and attack and, mm. and shape and everything else. But I think their creativity, their slick football is what is is like getting the, getting the, the round of applause for the way they're doing this. It isn't, you know, it's nothing's fortunate about it. They're creating goals mm. through clever football from young, hungry, quick players. And that, I think it's the youngest 11, isn't it? I yeah. think the average start yeah, in the, the season is the yeah, youngest in the Premier League. Right down there, yeah. And obviously, Jackie came off after I mean, a couple of minutes with a, with, a, with, a, with a stomach bug. You know, Vieira had yeah, to come on. Illness, you know, yeah. That was a little bit of a worry mm. at the time. I think everything's okay. I think one or two players apparently have had a bit of a stomach bug in the football club. But yeah, I had to overcome difficulties. I just thought it was one of those days which was an important day. Because I, I just felt it was a day that when City do that, when Liverpool do that, we've gone, oh, that's, how, that's what helps win titles. I just thought it was one of them days where it didn't, it didn't go as, as, probably as well as he would like. Certainly in the first half, I didn't think that... that I thought they were in control, though, Rob. I, did, um, I, didn't, I thought they were in control. I, I thought they were in good control of the yeah, game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see them out of control. I thought, you know, there was a couple of times down that right-hand side. I, I thought they were well-set-up walls that they looked to exploit when Zinchenko either come in the field or got forward. They... Traore down that yeah, side. Pace, and they, yeah, it caused a little bit pace, of problem yeah. down there. Um, so, yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not criticizing like it was a really bad performance and they just scraped through. No. It, really didn't, it wasn't, to yeah. me, at the same level that we saw the Chelsea game where I thought they were, you know, the, the football and everything was, was spot on. Um, but listen, it's a three mm. points. It's the win, what I talked about. It's top of the mm. table based on the Man City result. Mm. It didn't offer lift, Rob, when you think where they are now in terms of 37 points. I mean, you look at Liverpool, they're 15 points ahead of Liverpool. 15 uh, points at this uh, stage ahead of Liverpool. Rob, Rob they, look like, they, they look like they're enjoying their work. They mm. look like, I mean, you compare this, and I know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a new, it's a funny comparison in terms of the clubs and where they're at and where they've been and where they are now. But, but talk about the last game before the World Cup break yeah. and City's kind of casual and yeah, a little yeah. complacent. I mean, they're the class side, of course. Mm. But you can still see the excitement that's going on at Arsenal Football Club. And in some ways, you know, it's, it's a shame to break that momentum yeah, right now. Sure. Because they are buzzing. And, they, and, and I say it every flipping season, they look like a team in a dressing room that knows that something special is happening. And, you know, and just to kind of sort of finish off a little bit, my last note is the, is the, the work ethic of... Jesus, Martinelli and Saka without mm. the ball. I mean, talk about modern-day football where it's obvious Mikel Arteta wants that kind of high yeah. press from his forwards to start everything off. The midfield players come in behind it. I mean, Aubameyang's never going to play like that and never has played like yeah. that. Jesus's work ethic is off the charts crazy. Martinelli's kind of similar. It looks like he could run all day, up and down a wing, closing down, dribbling, and Saka's the same. So this youthful energy, work ethic, excitement, creativity, quality, balance... Yeah. Is why they're top of the league table right now by five points. Remarkable story from the start of the season to where we are right now. And let's see, you know, I mean, the Arsenal fans are, are loving life yeah. right now. Fingers crossed for all their players in the next few weeks in the World Cup, Rob. And, of course, it's like we can't wait to get back no. on Boxing Day and see how this thing kind of shapes up well, into they, they, they got into West Ham as well, haven't they, Boxing Day? Home to West Ham, Boxing right. Day. So before yeah. City play, I think they can be eight points clear of City if they were to win that, that game and... 
obviously it's not a great West Ham team in yeah. great nick at the moment. We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit no. later. But yeah, listen, Rob, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna be a brilliant yeah, second sort of period of the season. It's gonna be an even better story if Arsenal can stay up there and push um, Manchester City and anybody else in Newcastle if that's the case if, if they're up there. It's interesting this weekend. So a couple of times, Beck's kind of you know she kind of looks forward or you know trying to get a sense of where where Arsenal are. And I still think City are favourites. Uh, not to say that Arsenal on in a title race, but I still think City depth, experience, Pep, number of things are, are favourites. But Bex was sort of saying like this: this January window could be quite important because sometimes when you look at the team, let's say playing the League Cup or players who come out and then Katia and, and Nelson, Lukonga to maybe not to the same degree. But is there enough depth for for Arsenal? And if there isn't, she sort of said, you know. Should they be going out in the market and bringing people in? And I said, that's a good view, and it's something they need to think about, ownership group, manager. Well, here's the, the, the thing that I, I sort of threw to Tim, Robin. I wanted to throw to you. If Arsenal are going to bring somebody in or go and do something in transfer market based on you know, feeling that they've got this five-point gap, they want to you know, keep going, they might not be as deep as City, are Arsenal looking for a player who comes plug and play in their first 11 or are they looking for somebody who has to be part of a squad who's going to fill out the, 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 the squad and give them maybe options of variety but isn't that top end do you know what I mean is it, is it, is it a couple to fill or is it, is it a plug and play somebody who makes their first 11 better I think it's the, it's the former it's, it's a squad situation Rob I I mean, yeah, if they can find somebody in January that plugs into that 11 that's been pretty outstanding mm. right now or their best start ever, yeah. I mean, I think that's really difficult to yeah. do that, particularly how groove they are right now. They, they, I guess in terms of signings, yeah, if they can buy a couple that can add. You know what on the squad depth side is, as well, Rob? If you took out Man City, their, their squad depth is fine. It's absolutely fine. It's just competing with Man City when they've got international mm. brilliant players. No, no, Chelsea, to, to come back Chelsea's in. deep. It's... Chelsea's a lot deeper. Yeah, Chelsea's a lot deeper. For me, I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if it's a, a lot deeper. I mean, there's. There, yeah, there's. Yeah, okay. There's. There's. There's numbers there, but mm, not. Yeah. No, not enough to scare. Yeah, I know Arsenal. what you mean. I Arsenal are way ahead of Chelsea. The fifth. Yeah, of course. And I'm, I'm Chelsea, making Rob. that point. So that's I'm less important. Yeah. But I, I, I just but, but it, right now, if it, it's City are different, aren't they? They, they mm, their squad's yeah. unbelievable. Like it's hard to compete with that. Yeah. You know. So I don't know whether there's a big, you know. Yeah, Arsenal have got to overcome Man City, but to try and find the depth to match mm. them is blimmin' difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's not the depth. Maybe it's bringing in clever signings who add a bit or give options or whatever that might be. I, I don't know. It's just whether. You know, you look at this group, obviously Europa League football's still part of things. You know, the, the Premier League's going to be coming thick and, thick and fast. Mm. It's just, you know, can these players, after the World Cup as well, whatever that brings, you know, it's probably yeah. 14 players, Rob, who are going to have to do this thing all the way through. It's just whether, Rob, whether, whether you're going to go for it, right? Whether you're yeah, like, yeah. Spot, that's, that's, Chairman, a, that's a call, Mr. isn't it, for the ownership oh, group and that? Is, is, this, is this a period? Is, is yeah. this a... Is this a period where you look at it and go, come on, we've got to go. This, this could be a year. No, I, I think sometimes that, that could bring in make errors, spending more money than you want on yeah. certain players. Yeah. Just think about the growth, Rob, of this club mm. in the last couple of years. The growth of these young players. It's the youngest team. This young team is, can only really get better, can't it? With more reps, more experience. 
Yeah. Um, well, if it's your time, Rob, it's your time, isn't it? those young players. If it's your time, it's Leicester's time. more times. It was Tottenham's time. I thought one with Pochettino and they missed it, missed the boat and... You know, yeah. it, 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 listen, it's yeah. a debate. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a good, it's a good chat. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but listen, the top of the table, the five points clear, said nobody at the start of the season that, that, that they've yeah. there yeah. Uh, yeah. right now. So what a brilliant mm. first period it is for yeah. Nick Helton. Mark. Top marks. Let's move to the big game probably yeah. of the weekend. Newcastle United hosting Chelsea at St. James's Park. Um, Newcastle winning the game 1-0. Uh, another step, I think it's five straight wins for Newcastle now. Longest unbeaten run in the league. Um, everything that, that Eddie Howe does at the moment seems to be gold, manager of the month, player of the month in Almiron, goal of the month with Almiron. He's got Sir Maximin on the bench to come in and play a part at some point. He's got Callum Wilson, who was a little bit ill, but to play a point. He's got Isaac to come back. Um, looking pretty good, mate, aren't they? Hmm. Well, you know, listen, we, I think we said on, on the... A couple of shows ago that I, I wanted because we hadn't featured Newcastle. Mm. I didn't think much on our air. Just the way it shakes out. I yeah. mean, it's the UK TV companies that pick which games they want to they want to push outside for the TV, and we kind of follow that. Um, so I really enjoyed sitting down and and taking a good look at this game. You know, Newcastle United at home, atmosphere off the charts. I think we knew to expect mm. that. It absolutely was. It was good to play against a a big team that are not in great shape, but they're still a big team. Yeah. And I was, I guess I expected to be incredibly impressed. Incredibly impressed. And and with the, for the reasons that I expected, when you look at the team sheet, it's like, well, yeah, some good players there. But the, the organisation, the initial high press, mm. and I would say, Rob, that they might challenge your statement of the best balanced team being Arsenal. Mm. Newcastle's balance, I think, is, is superb from... Yeah. From defensive shape to organisation to when to press, when not. You got physical players, you got technical players, you got some good pace, you got energy about it. I, you know, of course, like where they are on the league table right now, third place. I thought it was stunning. I think the right side of that team at the moment is as good as any right side team in the Premier League. Of course, um, you know, you look at Almiron in terms of his form on the right-hand side. And I'm going to go straight to my underappreciated performer, Rob, because I'm on a roll. I'm talking about the right side of the team. It's Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier. Now, I don't know whether we've talked about him much. I don't know whether he got a shout for an underappreciated earlier on. But again, I took a close look at him. The timing of his overlapping runs from right back uh, was exemplary. I mean, his passes into the front man, the way he's... Works with Amaron, and I got some data and fact as well for you, Robbie. Oh, Earl, I knew you'd have data and fact, my friend. I knew you, you bet you bet the weekend off. It's going to be data and fact. Yeah, yeah, I've been chomping at the stats and stuff. Like, so in terms of Premier League, he is first for total crosses. He is first in the league for successful crosses. He is third in the league for total chances created. Created, so that's your De Bruyne territory. He's yeah, third yeah. in the Premier League for that, and he's first for passes into the opposition box. So, I mean, he's what is he? Thirty-two years of age, Kieran yeah. Trippier. He's going to be the England right back, I think, for the World Cup. It was funny to see him play a little bit against um, the, the the US. You know, the yeah, man, Pulisic, and, um, yeah, Christian Pulisic. Mm. That was kind of a little matchup that was kind of interesting. But I thought Trippier's performance at right back yeah. with. Uh, with Almiron and just the balance of the team from Joe Ennington to Joe Willick's goal. Yeah. I expected something pretty special and that's what I saw. I thought they were superb. 
Yeah, I'd agree. We did a little breakdown, Tim and I, just uh, in the tactics session and talked about just that organisation, that uh, press right. from the front, being able to do it sometimes yeah. and then sort of go to a, a, a medium block, don't kill energy. I remember listening to Eddie Howe and he said when he first came in, he wanted to press higher, but the team A weren't fit enough, B weren't organised. He said he thought they'd, they'd lose confidence if they got played through. So we say it's been a slow process of getting it right, and now we go when we need to, and we all go. And one of the things that, that I noticed, Rob, watching a bit of tape and looking for a few clips for, for um, whenever the ball goes back, Chelsea play it back, maybe to goalkeeper, maybe to a centre-back, they squeeze, they compress, they really push. It's almost like you take a backward step, we're coming, we're coming, and they're on you. And then when they set the triggers, they all go. I thought their, their, their organisation, their understanding of what they were doing and how they were doing it, was, yeah. uh, was without was the ball, without the ball was, was 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 excellent. Chelsea couldn't play through him a few times. Rob, goalkeepers kicking it out. Defenders well, that's right. It was it wasn't it wasn't a few times. Rob, it wasn't yeah. a few times. It was all the time. They couldn't get out. Chelsea couldn't get out. Yeah. Chelsea Football Club under Graham Potter, mm. with the way that they play with the technical players, they couldn't get out. Yeah. And I'm looking at the game and thinking, wow, look at Newcastle. Yeah. Look at Newcastle United. Mm. They're at home. They're dominant. They're, they're neat and tidy with the ball. They're, they're, they're Chelsea get at the back, they fiddle, they're trying to play out. And of course, the big goalkeeper looks a little clumsy. They couldn't play out. They handed it back to Newcastle. Newcastle were good on the ball. Bruno Gamaric, that we said a few times, is a star. He's just a star. You're going to see him at the World Cup for Brazil. He's a brilliant footballer. Um, just organised and hungry and fired up and confident because of the, of the situation they're in. So that, you know, it's amazing what confidence does to a team, what it looks yeah. like. You see it there and then. And, and often that confidence means you're going to work your nuts off. And, and the, the organisation, I just thought they were impressive. They were impressive. And it's another, you know, big story of this season. But now I've seen it in a close detail. I totally get it, given, you know, how well they're coached and how individuals, Rob, have, have improved. Like yeah. Willock's back at top form. You know, we've talked about Jonathan many times and everybody else. Amron, of course, is the, the poster boy for how to improve a player with a manager coming into a club. So, no, it was, um, it's, been a t it's, it's been a while since we've had, we've had a good look at them. And give them a little bit of time, but they they they've earned it. They deserve it. Happy to watch them. Happy to, to talk about how impressed I was, Rob. So wow, yeah, wow. That's, that's a, that was an impressive, comfortable, deserved victory against Chelsea. It was Friday, Rob, and I was I was, I was um, listening to Eddie Howe's press conference because he's always a good listen and, and you know what he's got to say about his team. And then there was a few comments underneath, like you know sometimes fans will comment like what they think mm. or who's going to play or what the score might be. Mm. There was one fan that just caught mm. my caught my attention, and, and I thought I'll, I'll mention it on the podcast. There was a fan who said, "I've had a season ticket for the last fifteen years," and he said, "I've begrudgingly, you know, paid my money, turned up, you know, been disappointed, you know, in, in the Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley era." And he said, "You know, the first season I've paid my money." He said, "My week starts on the Friday evening." When he says, "I listen to every Eddie Howe press conference." And I go to the game and I hear what he said and I watch what I'm seeing and he said it's the best time in his life to ever be a Newcastle fan. And I thought, wow, in mm. a very short space of time, mm. he's changed the whole outlook of this mm. football club. You know, you see the fans. That we know of 50,000. We've been there, Rob. we played against good Newcastle teams. We've played against poor Newcastle teams. We've worked in, in, um, in the media and seen good Newcastle teams and bad Newcastle teams. You, you're right when you said it at, at Arsenal. Mm. There was something happening at this football club as well. There was something mm. happening yeah, at this football is, yeah. club. And um, anyhow, I don't know if they can challenge for the top. I don't know if they can be top. They can be, they are a top four contender with what they're doing. Yes. 
Absolutely right, Rob. And, and just going forward from here, I'm sure they're way above where they expected yeah. to be, but yeah. there was shots of, of some of the higher-ups, the, the executive board members of this football club, mm. and, it, and, it, and it looks like they're doing it right. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of controversy about the ownership group and how that happened within the Premier League, yeah. but it was allowed to happen, um, and they are carefully building it. And I think, you know, with money invested into the training ground, we've seen signings, we're going to see more, but it's not, they are, they've said it many times, they're, they're guided by financial fair play. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty exciting project. And, you know, knowing that area very well, my goodness, mate, they've been, they've been, they've been longing. Yeah, we, we were there, Rob, when it was, when it was incredibly yeah, we there, great we? Yeah, in the Keegan years. They, yeah. yeah, the whole, the whole rant with Kevin Keegan about, oh, love it if I beat <laughs> them and talk about Man United. They've got to go to Middlesbrough. Well, that was my team and they came to us and they, they, yeah, they, unfortunately for Newcastle, they beat us and they went on to, to catch Newcastle and win the league. But I think that kind of excitement is building again. And uh, I mean, what's that? That's like mid-late 90s or something. So it's yeah, been a long time. Yeah. Um, but Five straight wins yeah, now good. for Newcastle. It's good. Um, good. Pretty good. Just a quick yes. word on Chelsea, Rob, before, before we move on. Uh, I know we spent a bit of time on this mm. game, but like you say, mm. it's the first good look we've had at Newcastle. Um, things not quite going to, to plan, are they, for... for, for for Graham Potter in the league, They've, you know, obviously done well in in Europe, but out of the League Cup now, which mm. doesn't particularly help, mm. Cup might have been, you know, league form's mm. not been not been great. Still looks like he's working the equation out, trying to get the best from the group of players. There's yep. no Sterling; he was a bit ill. Um, started with Brozier at the top of the pitch. Aubameyang hasn't played that that particularly that well. Um, was I think Gallagher and Mount underneath him lost his cheek in the, the right wing back. Um, Position yeah. Kukurea, Young Lewis left. Hall. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is it Graham Lasso? Actually, we, we were talking because um, Bex asked me about the systems and players, and you know, I was. I think we we talked about sometimes. I think you know, as a player, you've got to get used to different systems. The way that managers work now. But Graham said in in the commentary, and it, it kind of in my thought where he said he wonders if there's too many changes. He wonders if the system changes too much, or, or the players. Mm. Is there any kind of consistent? Mm. The one thing that Eddie Howe's got is consistency of performance. What Chelsea aren't getting is that consistency in performance and, in some ways, of the team sheet. Is it, could it be as simple as that, maybe, to, to stick to something and, and let's see how that goes? I, I think, ultimately, Rob, that's what he wants to do. I, I, I'm guessing, right, and it's total guess, yeah. that he's, he's having a look at everybody. He's yeah. having, literally having a look at all, the whole squad. I mean, the amount the of players that weren't in this game for different reasons, you yeah. know, illness or whatever, or out yeah. of form... You know, Havertz didn't start, Sterling didn't start, Kukurea didn't start, you know, Broya started, Aubameyang was out the side. I mean, and different systems. And, and like, I think, you know, I, I liked, initially, I kind of liked it. Oh, he's going to change things around. Yeah. And I think, I think we might have said before, like, got to be a bit careful of too much change. Yeah. It looks to me like, I thought the team was flat. Mm. I, I thought, you know, they looked a long way from being a top four team. And I made the same note. Is there too many changes going on? Now, again, it might be his process of having a look at Broly, yeah. having a look at Conor Gallagher, yeah. having a look at this Lewis Hall at, at Wolverhampton. So many different looks. But at some point, I mean, all the big successful teams, you that you kind of know what they are. There's Yeah, there's changes in City. You know, they might change the wide players or the centre-backs. And, the, you know, there's a little bit of rotation. That's Pep's kind of signature. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big, you know, and, and this is the way the Premier League works, Rob. Like the pressure's mounting on, you know, yeah. you look at some yeah. of the headlines and stuff like yeah. that. The fans are starting to question whether he's big. I see some headlines from some former players, like, is this job too big for Graham Potter? Yeah, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, like, cool. We're in Mikel Arteta last year type mm. of thing here where it's like, give the guy some time to figure out this, the, this squad, get to know them. You know, it, it, there's a window coming up and it wasn't, you know, the, the huge amount of money, 280 odd million spent, Rob, on different players this last window. Um, it, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, but it just they just looked like a, they, they've gone backwards, Rob, from the start when we were saying, yeah, oh, I like yeah, it. Yeah. You know, you know, more attacking. They had more goal threats. More players in the box. I remember saying it like, yeah. "There's more. There's more energy about them. There's more thrust. There's more forward passing than, than Thomas Tuchel." And that's kind of gone backwards and got worse to a point, maybe through too much change. That now they look, wow, they're not even connecting six, seven passes many yeah. times. They they were outplayed. They couldn't get any control against Newcastle. So, yeah, he's got. You know, he came on and said, "We're going to lick our wounds mm. and we're going to reassess it over the break." He's got to do that. Um, but I would think, let, get your better players out there. I know the big boys have to rotate because of mm. European competition, but you've you got to address this a little bit when you come back. You've got, you got to start winning games again and get your best players, you know, your better ones out there um, to try and get some, some momentum and some continuity because that is where they're struggling at the moment. But, but in terms of the manager, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, let, give him some, you know, let's just give him some time. You know, backs can be provocative sometimes and we were just having one of those conversations you know as the game was going on and she just you know she throws one and she said like you know she believes in Potter I think we all feel he's, he's got time he's working it out but she said what if we get to the to the position where Potter's going actually some of this group aren't good enough could we could could this could this need a, a, a bit of a different rebuild you know, is, is Kovacic and Jorginho good enough? Is is, is Mason Mount going to get you enough goals? Is Havertz going to be a, a lead striker or playing? You know, is is is, is Christian Pulisic going to be ever a starter in your team? It's mm. kind of, and it was an interesting thought. And I said, you know what? It, it, that's an interesting mm. kind of take on it. It, it might need a, a little. Is, is there too re- many not quite good enough, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Like, is there not, not too, sure? Is there, not is sure? There too many, is there too many? I'm enough. not quite sure. Yeah. And it's an interesting one because that means it's it's more work, isn't it? It's a it's a slightly bigger job than what we thought when he when he came in. I, I think it's a little early. I yeah. would think even for him, maybe mm. I'm wrong. It's a little early to make that call. Yeah, little yeah. early to make that call. I mean, mm. he has had a look at m- many of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. I I I think Kovacic is a brilliant player. I think Jorginho in the right setup is a really good player. You know, Kante's out. Mm. There's a lot of good players here, Robert. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Again, I'm not changing what I'm saying. It just needs a little bit of time. Get After the World Cup, get get your stronger players fit and healthy and in there. With his smarts, I think it will get better. But, it, it, yeah, it's not a good look at the moment. And the fans are starting to get, is this, you know, Graham Potter from... You can just see some of the some of the bigger time players there, Rob. Like, when things aren't going well. Well, he is come from Brighton. Like, yeah. we're at Chelsea. And yeah. is, is he... And, and that's not... If, no, that's if, if that starts to no. pop in, and, and the, mm. that's not a good side for him, I hope that they can turn it around pretty quickly after they come back. I mean, such a long time off, isn't it, Rob? It's like a whole new season. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's going to be such a long time. Weeks, There's so much yeah. stuff with World mm. Cup. Yeah, so much can happen in the next few weeks. Let's move it on to uh, another game that, that you watched: Tottenham versus Leeds. Seven goal oh, thriller. I mean, it, it, it dishes Leeds. You know, get ahead, oh. concede. Get ahead, concede. Get ahead, concede. Concede. Lose four three. 4-3 is a very Leeds-United result, in it? Whether they win 4-3 or lose 4-3. And I know you were saying, um, and, I, and I read a couple of other reports, where I, I, 
didn't see that much of this game. Just sort of the goals going in. I see Leeds running back. I see Leeds running forward. But um, there was people saying that there's, there's many good things about Leeds. The football, the way they play, the chances created. <laughs> the Leeds good a lot stuff. Of notes, mate. Is it, it, the, the... There's a lot. There's a lot went on, and I gotta say, a lot of my notes was how good Leeds were. Mm. And I, and I, and listen, and of course, at the end of the game, well, you know, it, it's a, it, it's. But God, they didn't have to play well. They didn't have to play well. They didn't have to play through Tottenham. You know, the goal when the game was at uh, a, a tying situation, a drawing at the start, or yeah. they go and they go and score a goal. They equalised. You know, Spurs equalised. All right, okay, let's get back on the top again. Yeah. And then they find ways to score another goal. It happened three times. I'm like, this team is such a good team. Yeah. There's so many good players. Yeah. I mean, you know, from 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 Somerville, these young kids. Somerville, what is he like? He's this Nyotti is. Nyotti, I mean, yeah, I think Somerville's 21, team. isn't he? I think. He, or he, something. Yeah, and, and, Yot, and Yotto, the young Italian's 18 or something. 18, yeah. Um, there's so many good players there. They play with so much intensity. There's so much forward thinking. I guess we all know that. Yeah. So let's cut to the chase, Rob. And, and I'm like, I think what the problem is, is Leeds it is, yeah, all right, maybe they're a little gung-ho. But they're a yeah. team that... that are built on attack. And this team loves, loves from the defenders to the, the striker to attack. Loves to get on the ball, loves to play, loves to run, loves to press, creative, quick, really, really good. Not enough players are good defenders. And I'm going straight to the two centre-backs. Robin Cock and Liam Cooper. Yeah. The centre-backs, I don't know whether they're good enough. So when this, those transition moments happen, yeah. and when the protection isn't as good as what you normally get when you're set up and you're like a, you know, you're, you're more defense-minded mm. type of team like a Burnley or a, I guess like a like a Tottenham. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes you need your defenders to be really good defenders, and I don't know whether those two in particular. I watched the last 15 minutes, Rob, and if you look at Leeds, if you go back and look at some of the attacks that Spurs had, they were so much fitter and stronger. I saw Liam Cooper and Robin Cock like lunging for the ball, getting beat. Yeah, and Spurs yeah. walk to the byline and cross it, and somebody scores. There's like a little fatigue element yeah. with I don't know whether they're good enough to defend. Robin Cock and, and Liam Cooper are really good on the ball, particularly yeah. Robin Cock's really good on the ball. Like he's, he's super confident. He can slap it with a side foot. Mm. I just don't know whether they're good enough defensively. I'm just trying to put my finger on what's going on because a lot of lead stuff is so good. And and as I'm on it, I'm going to say it right now. Tyler Adams is a Champions League player. He could play for any team in, in the Premier League. And I mean any team. I looked at him so closely. Wow, big he's, we, we know he's got a big heart. Yeah. He's, a, he's got fire in his belly. I mean, yeah, he got, emotions got the best yeah. of him late on. He made a silly challenge. I think he realized straight away, oh, I'm on a yellow card. And he got sent off. But his, his, his technicality is good. His forward passing's good. His touch is really good. You can give him the ball in tight situations in the round of the edge of his own box. He won't give the ball away. He's secure with it. He passes forward. You know, he's got a big engine. He's always back in good defensive spots. I think he's a I think he's a brilliant central midfield player of that ilk of a general, of of, of the guy that can do a bit of everything. So if you he's, know, if he's got a decent I, I just pair think he, behind he can him, run a game. Then, Bob, it looks different, doesn't it? If he's got a decent yeah. centre back pair behind him, all of a sudden that gives you your base to then have that attacking threat. Well with him with him protecting two better centre-backs, yeah. Rob, yeah. that's got to give them more chance. If I'm Victor Orta or I'm directing that club in the football side of things, I'm looking at recruitment, I'm looking for a new centre-back. 
Liam Cooper's been a brilliant player, club captain, a big part of their promotion and stuff. I just, and he, he, he's pretty injury prone. I just don't know whether they need to go and get a really good, Pascal Strauch's good going forward. Luke Ayling's kind of in and out the side a little yeah, bit. Christensen yeah. I like as a, as a right fullback. I think that's where they need to strengthen because there's so much good about Leeds going forward. Mm. And it's like, I'm, I'm looking at three, two, I'm like, this is, this is so deserved. Outplaying yeah. Tottenham in so many ways. Um, and they end up losing the game through tiredness, through a little bit of their style in terms yeah. of their, in the, the way that they try and play, that they, they get the ball. Okay, right, fullbacks are going forward. We're going to, you know, it's, it's a little... It's a little inexperienced gun, which might be part of the young player situation. Yeah. But with a better centre back, or, 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 I don't know, maybe a little tweak of. It's just you wouldn't want to change too much because they're so yeah. good going forward. They 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 played through Tottenham and scored the three goals so well, Rob. They they were so good so much of the time. Are they going to be all right? Like, wow. Based on what you're saying, how they play and what you see. Yeah, I think they, so. they'll be okay. I yeah, think there's so. There's going to be a few more. Yeah, I, big scores <clears> and whatever, but that that's them. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I think there's three worst teams in Leeds United. Mm. And in the other position, of course, where they've got to look to go is a striker. I mean, yeah, Rodrigo yeah. He took the ball out of the air, yeah. hold it lovely. He's, yeah. he's a really good player. But other than that, Bamford's, yeah. you know, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. with his injury and stuff, he's not been able to get back to his best. That's yeah. another position. So if they get, and, I know, and listen, they're all after strikers, all the teams, but a new centre forward and a proper defensive player as a centre back. It might it might help them in this this crazy basketball situation when they go forward and score and then they're all running back and they end up conceding. But they look tired. They look yeah. tired. The team and those defenders with some lunging challenges. But I tell you, it was the game of the weekend. And I know that you watched. I think Liverpool. The yeah, other, was, this yeah, window. Liverpool, um, yeah. But but I, I thought they're impressive. Mm. They were impressive. And it's just a, a little that little detail is is costing them in these kind of these crazy games but I mean entertaining yeah it was great you know and, and Tottenham stepped up when they went behind to be fair to them it was a great game yeah. great game Did, just just on the um, Tottenham got got the win and, and you know there was I think a few questions being asked I don't know if it was Friday or after the game they were asking you know everybody's asking now Conte about his contract and that he kind of, he kind of came out with a strange phrase where he said I have to earn it or I'll have to deserve the contract or I'm kind of just was a bit of a kind of scratching my head with, with Antonio Conte. He, he's, he sometimes says some things that I, I'm not sure what the intention is. Well, I, 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 think, I think he's a sort of situ- situation where he's going to sit down with the ownership, mm-hmm. Daniel Levy, and I think it has to be that they've both got to be happy. Yeah. So I think he, he, he chucks in, doesn't it? Like, well, if they're not happy with me, yeah, yeah. You know, if they're not happy with how it's yeah, going, yeah. so given what I've got, then this isn't going to work. But I, I think I, it sounds like he, he'd like to continue. I mean, yeah. it's so it's difficult to read, isn't he? But mm, I, oh, yeah. the, the best I can describe it is, like, he wants to sit down at the end of it, and if he's kind of satisfied with what he's hearing from their mm. side and, and, and vice versa, then, yeah, let's, let's sign a new contract. I think he'll continue. Yeah. I think he'll continue. I hope so. And you I know, think the Spurs we'll fans want him. I think the second half players of the season. want him. Just sometimes, yeah, feel like he. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure the reason is. is it tactically, is he trying to, you know, put it out there to to the, you know, the owners and Daniel Levy like to get it done or make sure there's money available. I don't know. I, I don't know. Just sometimes he, he says some things. I'm, I'm kind of mm, not quite sure what where he's, he's aiming with that one. But yeah, and also the fans in this, Rob. The fan, the fans, 
the, the fans booed them off at half time. The fans yeah. booed them off again at half time mm. because they were poor and they were behind yeah, in the game. Yeah, I yeah, think there's so many blipping yeah. goals. I think they were behind. He said that before, didn't he? About the Rodrigo fans got to stay with them. It was a game recently they were playing yeah. at home and he said, you know, they've got to learn to stay with mm. us and we'll, we'll find a way. So, yeah, listen, still a few teething problems. Obviously, he, they, still he, want. they want some reinforce, yeah. reinforcements in, in the door, but. Um, good win in the end, good three points. Um, yeah. Keeps them in fourth spot in, in those Champions League places. Uh, let's move to, 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 to today's game uh, at the Cottage. Uh, Fulham 1, Manchester United 2. United with a late winner. Uh, Ganacho came on for, for Martial. And, I mean, wow, just injection of pace, injection of skill. Somehow found his way past the Cordova Reed to, to poke the ball in the back of the net. And brilliant finish. And... Um, Great win. You know, Ten Hag was talking about how important the win was, how important the three points, how, you know, um, these kids come on and, and hopefully can have a future. The, you know, these work he's got to do, there's a little bit of discipline, I think, at times, some issues in the past. He's got to get all that right, but he's a talent, he's speedy, um, and he's a United, he's, he's, a, he's a star United, he could be a star United player in, in that mould of a player who can get you off your seat. You know, they're, they're functional, they're well set up, they're organised. But the Antonys of the world and Ganachos are the ones who are going to excite. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, we, we've all got to be careful, Rob, of trying mm. to, you know, throw so much expectation on his shoulders. He's, he, he's obviously shown a lot of talent right yeah. now. In the previous games, that assist, he's had goals in different competitions and stuff. Obviously, he's a talent, you know, and I think, you know, back to the days when we played against Manchester United, it was a, it was a team of wingers, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Konchalskis and Ryan Giggs and even Antonio Valencia and... Yeah. That, that United have been a team with playing with great wide players, great width, great pace. Um, and he looks to be one of those, but he's super young right now. Mm. And also, by the way, you know, I, and I, I tweeted out this, that the, the assisting first-time ball from Christian Eriksen was, was, was a thing of beauty. The, yeah. the touch on, on the mm. board put it right in the spot where he could accelerate past a defender and yeah. finish it off. So I thought the assist was great. I thought Christian Eriksen again, I mean... What a what a sign in Ericsson's been for United, Rob, in terms of linking stuff together. I think we've seen, you know, Bruno in the side. A big fan of Bruno's technicality, great player. But it's not until you unlock some of that with another yeah. like-minded player like Ericsson now. And of course, they're, 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 you know, you know what? One time, Rob, in the studio, when we do another tactics thing, Man United are kind of morphing into Man City with the way that they play. With yeah. Casemiro now holding, yeah. just like Rodri, and you've got Bruno on one channel, and you've got Eriksen, like Bernardo or Gundogan and De Bruyne, those eights that are bombing forward super early, almost to, to create, mm, you know, with a striker, course. with those two, yeah. with two wide players, like this line of five. Mm. So they're doing that a little bit. Eriksen's linking up with Bruno Fernandes, great. I mean, Eric, I mean, he has been so instrumental. He's not just in this game, but other games, yeah. just to get them going. I mean, it wasn't. It was a. It was a. Remarkable signings in many ways with what happened to him in the European Championships and stuff with his health. Yeah. But now it's turned into a a a, cr- a crucial signing in terms of getting him to play. And I mean, what um, a bit of business! It was, it was well, a great Rob, game. Free transfer, by the way. What a bit of business! Yeah. I know, I know, and he's going to go off to the World Cup with, with Denmark. Yeah. And so I thought, um, I thought it was a great game. I mm. thought, I think Fulham are good. Yeah. Fulham, Fulham are really, really good. I felt a bit sorry for Fulham, Rob, based on they played two Manchester. To- Clubs in the last two two weekends now, late De Bruyne penalty that was a little bit debatable was a bit clumsy for Anthony Robinson. Late lost two one mm, last week. Mm, Same to, mm, today. I mm, thought second half soft, they, yeah. they had a good go. They, they had United pinned back at times. 
thought William Robb was, was excellent on on the left hand side. Brilliant. Still got his really energy, good. still got his pace, gave Malassi all kinds of problems. Um, I thought Polino and, and uh, Tom Kenny in midfield got about their business and, and, and had good industry. I mean, they're, they're one of my... Rebecca was talking about surprises of the season um, before before we, mm. we were closing up. And I said, you know, obviously Arsenal's the big mm. story, Newcastle will be brilliant. But Fulham mm. are right up there with my surprises of the season. Yeah. Right up there, mate. Yeah. You know, and this was without Mitrovic, by yeah, the way. I mean, the, the main scorer who you've seen a few of those balls going in the box today, Vinicius, not quite at that level. Um, you've seen balls going in the box, you think if Mitrovic was about, might have been a, a different scoreline. So, um, so, yeah, they so can take great, some credit, so, so Marco Silva, in, in his group. Yeah, I, I think Dan James, well, with the, the mm. pace on the right hand side, gave him a problem. I thought Manasseh looked all over the place as a yeah. right back. Of course, they had a, a problem there. They had to play him and Shaw played yeah. on the right hand side. Um, other than that, yeah, I just, you know what went through my mind as well, Rob? This is a random, right? I'm going a little bit, I'm going a little bit uh, left field here a little bit. But I just thought, watching this game and seeing how competitive Fulham were yeah. and how good they were and how yeah. they've matched United in many mm. ways, it got me thinking, in terms of the differences of these some of these clubs, right, and the ability of the smaller Premier League clubs mm. right now to compete with the very best, with multiple times the revenues yeah. and wage bill, yeah is pretty blimmin' remarkable. Fulham is right up there, Rob, in terms of a, a, a smaller club that's been run so well that they compete with these mega clubs. Yeah. You, know, you can throw in there Brighton right now. Yeah. You can throw in there Bournemouth right now. Yeah. You can throw in there Brentford, Rob. Like these tiny clubs that, you know, Palace is a bit bigger and stuff. Yeah. But just in general, small clubs that are finding a way through good recruitment, good coaching, yeah. to be... To be competitive and to give Man United, no, whatever else it was, Fulham and Man City, yeah. like yeah. to give them proper games of football is, is like, well done. Like that's mm. that's not easy to compete yeah. at that, against these guys. We're seeing it week in, week out. And it's a reason why the Premier League is, is so loved because it's competitive. Because the smaller clubs can elevate themselves and, and play tight games against the biggest teams in the league. And, and, and it's a good point. And that is a difference that we've seen probably the last 10 years. There was a time when... Big teams are playing Man United, Rob, and just sit in and, you know, try and yeah. scrape a draw. And no chance. I think, yeah. as you mentioned, the clubs, and you, and you went through them, you know, your Fulham, your Brentford, your, Bright, your Brightons and, and Bournemouth, etc. Smart coaches. Smart coaches are changing English football. Yeah. Coming in, being progressive, yeah. wanting the ball, knowing when to press, knowing when to drop off, better structure. Yeah. It, it, all that, all that is, yeah. is, is, is evening things out. You know, there was a period in that, in that second half where there wasn't much between the two teams. No. But Fulham's build-up no. play and, and, and ability to create chances and make things happen was, was, was just as good as, as, as Manchester United's. And look at the, the calibre and the range and in international stores that United have. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, and why every, you know, no game can be taken for granted and why Brentford can go to the Etihad and, and beat Manchester City and and causing upsets. So, yeah, um, I thought, well done to Fulham. Obviously, great win for United with a late winner uh, that keeps Ten Hag and just closes the gap for United and keeps them a little bit more mm. um, in touch with, with that, that top four that they want to get to uh, to work on when we get back from the break. Uh, let's finish off with our, our main games. It was at Anfield, Liverpool. Uh, Jurgen Klopp was sent to the stands um, because of the um, there was an appeal against his, his fine and mm. it, Initially, and he, yeah. he had all yeah, that fun that he had it, to yeah. say. Nathan Jones, first game in charge of Southampton, was was on the touchline. Um, obviously, didn't get off to a great start. Firmino with a head, I think, six minutes on the clock. 
puts Liverpool up, but then Shea Adams equalises with a Wood Prowse free kick that Liverpool don't defend that well. And then Domin Nunez came up with two good finishes, Robin, in, in the penalty box, two kind of centre forward finishes, one touch with his left foot, one touch with his right foot from balls coming in from either side. And um, his quality, I just thought their quality at the top end of the pitch showed. Though second half, I thought Southampton held, were, were better. Um, got to grips with things a little bit more. Maybe Liverpool took the foot off the gas a little bit, but I think there's some encouraging signs for Southampton. Um, but Nunes is going to be important for Rob this season. Um, you know, Salah's goals are important, but we know that, that you know, with people out, with mm. Diaz to come back, Jota to come back, Firmino is scoring at the moment, but you don't know. I think Nunes is going to be a really important part of, of what Liverpool do this year. Yeah, I did too. He's sharp. He's a good finisher. He scored goals at the Champions League before he came to Liverpool. Yeah. He's hungry. It's going to take him a little bit of time, of course, to get set up. I think I think Jurgen Klopp now, Rob, and again, I was looking at Spurs game in this crazy window, which was an amazing game yeah. itself, of course. Um, am I right? I'm looking at some of the shapes here and stuff. Yeah. He still played with Salah and Nunes yeah. as a kind of a narrower two. A narrow two with, with, with you know, me, just in yeah. behind a little me bit. I kind of like it. I yeah. kind of like it. Mm. Yeah, it seems to be the way he's going and at the moment. Better. I know that's just personnel with Elliot one side, Thiago the other, and Fabinho uh, in in the holding role. Gomez came in at, at uh, centre back uh, for Canate. That was really the only mm. the only change. But um, yeah, Liverpool mm. got the job done, got the goals, pretty comfortable. There wasn't that much play in the second half, but uh, Southampton did better uh, with with three mm. at the back. Southampton under Nathan Jones, I think that's the way you might okay. go, go with yeah. things. It's how he was playing at Luton. I had a little look at his Luton team yeah. uh, on Friday night just to get a sense of how he, how he does things. But he's, he's an interesting character, Rob, very confident. Talked about having this six-week pe- period where he's really going to get some work in his team. Said we'll be better for that work and, and you'll see the difference. And he, he's all about player development, improving young players. And he said that's why it's a perfect fit for me very much like what he was doing at Luton and I think it's the reason why he got the job so kind of interested and looking forward to it Rob because I've heard good things from people who know him at Luton I've heard some not so good things when when he was at Stoke Um, but obviously he's got potential obviously Mm. he's he's a thinker Uh, he's creative he wants to get get on the ball he wants to make players better so it's going to be interesting how this goes for Southampton from here on well you know what let me let me just say what I think about this 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 is such a big core from from these owners at Southampton. Now we know that they made other big calls in the summer yeah. by sp- spending a lot of money on really young, talented players that have been at bigger clubs yeah. and maybe like Man City and haven't had their opportunities. That's a big call. Mm. And where they are on the league table now, second from bottom, it's struggling to take off. Yeah. And then you add to that another big call by trusting, uh, you know, a man that's not coached at this mm. this kind of level before, coming from Luton Town, it's a big call. Mm. I mean, and again, we talk about Sport Republic um, and Rasmus Ankerson, the, yeah. the brains behind it all right now. It's the brains behind the development of Brentford Football Club, and he's gone with this Sport Republic kind of uh, company. It's this big course, you know, and, and those on the south coast now, where they are right now in the league table, and the young players. Wow, like. This is going to be interesting how this shakes up because obviously with this ownership, they yeah. want to go with the young. They feel their recruitment is good enough on the playing yeah. side and the coaching side to to survive and then 
like develop and, and, and sell players at big money and develop like what the club has is, is done before. Um, so it's a big call, you know, and again, I've read the same things of you have about this, this new guy Jones and, and he's obsessed with coaching yeah. and attention to detail and all the rest of the stuff that, that we kind of hear mostly mm. when new managers come in. But I just think it's a, wow, go yeah. on then. Yeah. Go on then and, and try and develop this young team and stay in the division because relegation for Southampton would be would be a, a huge like knockback in terms of their their, business their the ideas and their flipping yeah. philosophy and their their model. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, I let's, let's say see though, what, what I do, do like Rob is young. Well, he's a British coach in this case, but a young coach who is about player development, who who obviously wants to um, understand tactics and 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 and. and Pit himself against some of the biggest. They've got, they've got to stay up, Rob. The biggest they've thing. Got to stay yeah, up. They, they have, up. Rob. But yeah, it, it's man. nice that he's been given the chance. It's not, you know, you don't have to be a Stephen Gerrard or a Frank Lampard who still haven't shown no, that I they can that. make that step. It's nice that you know somebody who had a career lower down has got a, an ap- aptitude for coaching. Seems to be a good mm. fit for the yeah. way that Southampton want. I like that he's been given the opportunity. Now it's down to him. He's got, to, he's got to show that he can do it. He's got to turn out. He's got to keep them in the league, first of all, as you say. That is the key thing. And mm. then start to think to build. Mm. But listen, that's what Graham mm. Potter did. And that's what, you know, we, we've seen others who, you know, yeah. Thomas Frank was assistant at yeah. Brentford. So I just yeah. like that he's been given the opportunity, yeah. Rob. Because there was a spell when, mm. you know, the old roundabout was there and you go and get Sam Allardyce or Tony Pulis or one of those guys. Yeah. I think now yeah, these, the same, these are the, different yeah, the look guys, with yeah. the, the new kind of owners in football clubs. So, yeah. Peace for that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a risk, isn't it? Mm. Anyone's a risk. Yeah. Any, anyone's a risk right now. I, I'm just saying, listen, I, I, I'm just saying if I'm a Southampton fan, season ticket holder, whew, and, I, and I've watched what I've watched and I, and I like watching young players, but they, you know, asking young players, Rob, really young players to scrap out of a relegation zone, like, that's a test. Mm. That's a test. And we'll see. Yeah, I, I, let's hope they can do it and that he's got the time now to prepare and uh, that they can pick up because they're banging trouble. Let's have a quick, um, we'll have a quick line on, on a few of the other games. It's uh, running a little bit late, but obviously it's our last one before that World Cup break. Yeah. A couple of teams, Robert, are not going to be in great fettle when we get back. West Ham United <laughs> are one of those. West Ham nil, Leicester City yeah. two. Uh, Leicester's starting to get back to form. James Madison with a goal, went down and came off. We're hearing after that it was just precautionary. He did feel something, I think, behind his knee, but he's going to be fine and, and he'll be on that flight to England. But Madison goal, a Barnes goal in the second half. Um, some boos at, at, at um, London Stadium. Fans walking out. And not great optics, Rob, for, for David Moyes. And I, I know it's just before I, I came on, a little bit of social media around, you know, is there, is there going to be a bit of noise around Moyes getting sacked and... Will that happen earlier, you know, to give somebody a bit of time during the window? I think the sense is credit's in the bank. Um, Done well in Europe. Yeah, I think so. You know, seventh and sixth finishes in in the Premier League. I think, you know, know, he was was one one of those managers for manager of the year not too long ago. So I think he's in the right, I said to Beck, to coach his way out. But he's going to have to, you know, pick things up when, when when we get back to Premier League action. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, it, it, I, I think it's crazy talking about firing him going into this break. I think it's crazy, crazy what he's done there, and yeah. and they've had a bad run. We, we all know about the Thursday, Sunday European kind of stuff, but yeah. but you know, of course, 
if you start the season and you get into January and you're February and you're into March, yeah. you know, and, and they're still in the bottom five, then I get it. But not now, yeah. not now. And, and, and bringing somebody else in. And, and we can we can talk at length, Rob, about modern managers. We talked about it yeah. earlier on about the thinkers now coming into the game and the, and, the, and the league's kind of progressed that way. And yeah, maybe he's more old school. But it doesn't mean that does that can't yeah, work. It's yeah, worked before. The, yeah. the only thing to watch out for, Rob, is in January, February, March, for some reason, as his message got got a little stale for the players, are they are they do they need something new? I, I don't know. Is it, is, does he does he manage man manage the players in a way now that modern players want? Mm. You know, he hasn't done that before. He's been so, you know hard guy, yeah. you know straight guy. Um, I, I would think that will find ways to win yeah. games again and, and get the players back on side if they are offside, anyways. But but way too early, in my opinion, to start thinking about well, be, you know, we should make a change now yeah, and we can yeah, work with the I team. Agree. My goodness, like I mean, yeah. So yeah, I, I think they got to just just cheer a little bit. But I get it, I get it. What, what is it, Rob? We say about five, six, seven games of bad yeah. results, and yeah. all of a sudden, whoa, the spotlight's on you, the pressure's on you, and and it's going to become on. And it is on David Moyes right now, but I, but I think you know, firing. My goodness, like it's not, not, not yet at all for me. No, uh, let's move down to Bournemouth three, Everton nil. That's two defeats against Bournemouth in a week for Everton. One in the League Cup, one in the Premier League. Not a good look for Everton. Um, decent for Gary Neal and David Ornstein, our uh, Premier League insider, was on the show today, Bob, and he was talking about Marcelo Bielsa being linked to the Bournemouth job, which, was, Bournemouth. which I thought was quite an interesting mm-hmm. one and, and not sure how that would all fit with how Bielsa wants to work and the staff and the setup of the football club. Um, but long bells a little bit for, for Frank Lampard, Rob, and there was a little sort of, I don't know, we don't, couldn't quite get to the bottom of what happened where the, apparently the players went over to maybe applaud some of the fans. I don't know if a shirt was given from Iwobi, a shirt was thrown back. It was, you know, Frank had to go over Stewards were getting involved. One or two of the players were getting a little bit heated again. I'm not totally sure what went on. It just isn't a good look for an Everton team, Rob, that struggled last season. Fans were totally committed, and we saw what they did to keep this team in the Premier League. I almost get the sense like it's a bit like, we're not going to have to go through that again. We're better than that now. We should be in a better place. And Vax asked me the usual question about Frank and, and that, and I said, you know what's most frustrating is I still don't know if Frank, Man- Frank Lampard's a good manager or not. I can't quite work it out. Well, it, 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 he's learning as he's going a little bit. I mean, he's inexperienced and, mm. it, and, it, and there's, he's had some good times and some bad times. I don't think we can say if he's a... It, it, I mean, it's, it's too simplistic, Rob, isn't it? He's either well, good, I, mean, I don't know. Eddie Howe's gone in at Newcastle United, Eddie Howe's gone into Newcastle United in a period and we've seen change. With a group of players who were probably that he inherited similar quality to the Everton players, so I'm not saying he's a good or bad manager based on the 18 months he had at Chelsea and the 10 months he's had here, but there's no there's no consistency to his work. There's no consistency to his results. And and, and if you're going to be a Premier League manager and, and keep the job, as we were just talking about, you've got to build some more consistency into what you're doing. You have. I mean, we, we listen, we, we talked about and praised their signings and mm. they, they strengthened up mm. the back four, which is really, really important. Um, I think we sort of talked about the middle and midfield with the Jusagana Gay and mm. Onana. Amadou Onana looks a brilliant, brilliant player. Going yeah. to see him in the World Cup. They've got some options at, at the, in the, uh, the, 
wide positions and stuff. And of course, Dominic Cavalloon's always going to be an important player. And for him to be in and out is is the biggest concern of all. I still think the the team on paper looks pretty good. Mm. And and if it's, if it continues to be inconsistent, Rob, then I, I guess you know you, you do have to ask questions of, uh, of Frank Lampard. I just I just you know it, it's such a brutal league, and and you, you know his new look team in some ways, a lot of new signings and stuff that that I thought looked better. But you get a few results. They've lost the last two games, and all of a sudden the alarm bells are ringing again. But you're right. There's a, there's a step forward, a couple of steps back. Mm. You think that he's he's got the fans on his side. The, the players are playing better. They get a great result, and then they disappoint and look flat in in subsequent games. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's a tough league, and I, and I I don't know if I can put it all down to him. Their inconsistencies. I just think the team is better than last year. I think it's a better squad. And I don't expect them. I, I'd be. I think there's three or four teams that are worse than Everton. But you got to do it. You got to do it on the field. Yeah. You got to get the team together. You got to get results. And you got to get a consistent lineup. And you need Dominic Calvert Lewin because Neil Mope, you know, with all due respect, is not anywhere near as effective as a fit Dominic Calvert Lewin. And, and that's, you know, the, the the piece now that I think makes all the difference because I think, I think the foundation of the team is strong. Midfield strong. They need they need a, they need a striker. To, to regularly play and score for me. The other game today was was kicked off at, at the Amex. Roberto uh, Deserbi's Brighton uh, one, Aston Villa Unai Emery's two. Back to back wins in the Premier League for Emery. Uh, Manchester United last week, good win uh, here today. Uh, Danny Ings getting uh, a couple of goals for Aston Villa. Um, mm. Wasn't the most exciting performance by Aston Villa, but I think you're starting to see a bit of structure. You're starting to see a bit of way that Emery wants to work and. Getting results, Rob, and again, I saw a couple of you know blogs of Villa fans saying, you know, there's a bit of tactical shape about it. You can understand, you can see what we're trying to do. And you know, late on in the game, Rob, I was watching this one quite closely. He almost went to him. We've seen it a lot sometimes with Spanish or, or maybe Italian managers. They had virtually six at the back. He went six. You had the back four with the two mm. wide players playing almost like auxiliary fullbacks. You had three in midfield, one yeah. up front, and, and he. he for the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, he, he basically said, we're shooting shop. And he's got the job done. And I know that was one of our, say, criticisms of Stephen G, G, but sometimes affecting the game, making changes, doing what's required. You just get the sense with Emery, that's going to be a given. I think the ta- tactics, Robert, are, are more straightforward. He's the same players. Mm. He's just doing something different. Where Stephen Gerrard didn't do anything different. It was still his 4-3-2-1 or very close to that. And and, and he's played like a, a kind of a tight little 4-4-2. Yeah. He's got Buendia with Ings. Makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. A little technical player that drops into the hole. Ings that runs in behind. Playing centrally is going to get you the goals. You know, you've got McGinn playing in a wider area. He's brilliant at crossing the ball. You've got good options in the middle of the park. Same back four as you'd normally expect with good, very good yeah, fullbacks. Full so he, yeah. he's playing in a different way that... If you know, if we're being critical of Steven Gerrard, that he maybe should have tried, should have tried four four two, should have tried something different instead of continuing to try and you know get his system to work. And I think players playing in positions that they're comfortable with, in a pretty basic kind of setup that mm. players understand, seems to be working for them. And, and you know, Ings when Brendia, Brendia's Brendia, yeah, I think got quiet. a little short change under mm. Gerrard. Didn't play him. I mean, give him some opportunities, but he was never. It was coming off the bench a lot. So fair play, Unai Emery. What a start. What a, what a boost for the Villa fans. That's a tough place to go. The Amex Stadium with Brighton, with the Deserbys kind of enthusiasm and, and manager bump that they've had. 
Villa look look solid, look good, look look. That's another that's another win for him. Brilliant, really really well played. And final game of the weekend, uh, Nottingham Forest one, Crystal Palace nil. Uh, Palace missed a penalty in the first half to Wolf Zaha. I think that's four penalties he's missed in the calendar year out of seven taken, which is a bit of a surprise with Wills with the quality and talent that he's got. And Morgan Gibbs-White got an important goal for Forrest. I thought at first it looked like he was offside, but when the lines were drawn and VAL looked at it, apparently he was just the right side yeah. of, of, of the defender. Uh, so one goal was enough for three points. That I just think keeps Forrest like there's no one adrift, Rob, really. I know Wolves 10 points, Southampton 12, and... Nottingham Forest 13 now, but as we go into the break, no one's been cast adrift. Um, it's still pretty tight down there, and you know maybe it's not great news for the likes of Everton, West Ham, Leeds, and Bournemouth, who are all sort of around there. But um, really important one for Steve Cooper mm. and Forest, I think, just going into the break, Rob, getting that, those three points, and, and just even just from the mm. optics of moving off the bottom of the table. Absolutely right, third bottom, like you, your mm. point, your point of safety to Everton, brilliant. I mean. Finally, finding some stability, maybe continuity in the team. Hopefully, you know you look above Forest in the table. Rob, we're looking at the table right now, and yeah. you're, you're looking at some big clubs that we we don't know how they're going to. You know, like Everton, West Ham, Leeds United. They're the three that, in all fairness, in my opinion, I expect them to be away from that area. Right. Yeah. So above those yeah. three is Bournemouth. I still think Bournemouth are gonna, is going to very long second half of the season. Mm. I still think Bournemouth are a banging trouble. And and I'm saying that when they're what are they like? They're what can't see where this they're 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 fourteenth. You know, so it's those it's the Everton, West Ham and Leeds that we're all gonna watch when we come back in terms yeah. of this end of the table. Southampton again with a new manager. Um but Forrest are there. They're not adrift now. Uh, and Wolves again with a new manager coming into place as yeah. well with Le starting uh like really well Next week, isn't it? He's going to start. Yeah, he'll like, be in tomorrow, next week and think, start the work working. on the players that are there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be an important time for yeah. those so players. So, tell us to watch it, bottom table. managers. Yeah, it's going to be an important time. Listen, mate, this should have been a forty-five minute mm. podcast. I think we're, we're we're well over the hour, oh. so we, we have to wrap things up. I say the last one before the World Cup break. So, got a bit excited. But was it uh, time to wrap things up? As Arsenal finished top of the pile as we get to that World Cup break. Um, Musi and I, we're going to take a break ourselves during the World Cup, but we'll be back right after the tournament ends. We're going to share our thoughts on the great tournament that is the World Cup, as well as look ahead to return to the Premier League on Boxing Day. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musi together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. Come on, England. Ha, 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 ha.